I know this song. Ba, ba, ba. In case you missed last week. Is it online yet from last week? All right. It'll, it'll be online. I've been told that the dancing will be online for next week. Well, thanks, Jason. Just a little more fun. You know what? I believe if church isn't fun, then people think God's no fun. And I think God's the funnest thing around. So uh, it's good to have fun in church. So it's okay if you felt like, oh, no. Is this allowed? Because now there's only like a few minutes left for preaching. <laughs> you know the great thing, this is, what I, this is what I believe about God. He only has to say one word and it's all over. It's all done, right? So, so I'm going to try to help. God's going to try to help me. I don't help him at all. We're on version again this morning on the live app and you can pick up the notes there and some of our uh, music that we're playing this morning will be on there. Last week's soundtrack conviction was this, my beliefs become my behavior, then my behavior come, becomes my belief. So we ask you to examine the soundtrack of your life. Are you listening to culture or to Christ? We said that you should probably examine all the things that you're putting into your life, from TV, movies, music, books, all that. And I, I personally believe about 80% of what I'm listening and reading should be things that point me directly to Christ. It should be scripture, it should be books, it should be uh, worship music. That's what I try to fill my life with because that's how then I see the world, how I interpret the world, and how I see God in the world. And so I hope you took that to heart as, as I was corresponding with many of you over the week through Facebook and Twitter and things like that. It's great to see that God is moving in your life and helping you examine your own soundtrack. You know, our soundtrack of our own life is an imprint. And what we did through the trivia, what you saw that is the imprint of the legacy of soundtracks that have gone before. Man, boy, George, man, I haven't thought about that person in a long time. <laughs> but really, in looking at our lives, really, our life is here for about five seconds, it feels like, and then we're gone. And so examining our soundtrack and determining what kind of soundtrack we're going to leave is important. Every generation has left a soundtrack. And we, we saw that this morning. I think one of the, there are several questions that every generation asks of themselves. And over the next few minutes, we are going to examine four questions and hopefully help you begin to answer them or figure out how to find the answers to that. So this morning we have a soundtrack that's going to accompany uh, the message. One of my favorite albums, it is a, a little bit of a throwback by a band called Switchfoot. Anybody? Switchfoot? All right, Switchfoot. So this is from the album, The Beautiful Letdown. You know, the soundtrack of our life is important, and every generation has asked certain questions. The first question that every generation has asked, number one, why am I here? Why am I here? The Switchfoot song, Meant to Live. You got that song? Is it playing? Right, it's got a little guitar riff at the beginning. Colossians 1.16 says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. We were meant to live for so much more. But the soundtrack of our world oftentimes creates distortions of what we're meant to live for. The soundtrack of our Culture says, live for you, live for the moment, live for pleasure, live for success, live for happiness, live to retire. Here's my thought 
Life is not about avoiding death. But many of us live as if the 80 years, if we're given 80 years, is simply to avoid dying and eventually to retire. But I'm telling you, we're meant to live for so much more. We weren't created just to get by and just to live. The truth is that your life matters and it makes a difference. That's my soundtrack conviction number two. I was created with a purpose. I was meant to live for so much more. My life matters and my life makes a difference. It's very important to understand that you don't just matter because you can matter to yourself, but your life actually matters outside of yourself and you were created to make a difference. In fact, you were created to be with God. Look at the Genesis, Genesis account. Adam and Eve were created for God, to be with God, by Him and for Him, Colossians says. We are created through Him and for Him. Philippians says we are created for His good pleasure. As you ask the question, why am I here? There's a great resource that can help you determine the answers for that. It's called Scripture. This is a great place to start. Is your Bible. It informs us about why we are here. What we're meant to live for. I think it's a great... Someone just tried the YouVersion app and discovered that there's videos on there that play noise. It's okay. You can watch those videos as I preach. You're meant to live for so much more. Are you selling yourself short? What are you meant to live for? Have you discovered that? It's got to be greater than a career or a job. It's got to be greater than just getting by. God has created you for a purpose. So the second question that I think we all ask ourselves or need to ask ourselves is, where am I going? Where am I going? The Switchfoot song on this song, or this album, is called This Is Your Life. Are you who you want to be? And I would preface that with saying, do you know who God wants you to be? Because I think sometimes if you're like me or maybe older, you find yourself in a place in life and you're like, I'm not really who I want to be. And maybe even young people, you're saying to yourself, I'm caught up in addictions and habits and I'm headed in a direction I don't really want to go. Well, this is your life. What's your purpose? I think if you want to figure out where you're going to go, you have to figure out where you are. You know, when you go to Google and you type in, you know, hey, I want to go to McDonald's, that's your destination. Then it says, where do you want to start? Well, you've got to figure out where you're at. Now, I love the GPS that you just hit a button and it figures out where you're at for you, right? And I think we can ask Jesus, where am I? Really, this, this whole question started back in the garden. After Adam and Eve had sinned, they had sought their own desires and disobeyed God. What does God do? He comes down to visit with them. And what's the question he asks them? Adam and Eve, where are you? Where are you? Is it that God didn't know where they're at as if the all-powerful creating God didn't know where Adam and Eve were? He wasn't asking the question for himself. He already knew. He was asking the question for them. Where are you? Why have you separated yourself from me through disobedience? You weren't meant to live. Now this is your life. Where are you and where are you going? 
Adam and Eve broke relationship with God. They lost the connection with their purpose. They were created to be with God, and now they are separated from God. And now through Jesus, we have opportunity to step back in relationship with God. When you step into that space, the where am I going becomes more clear. And you have to ask yourself, where am I? Before deciding your destination, you've got to figure out where you're at. An honest assess- assessment of what have I been living for? Why have I been living that way? And what's been determining my soundtrack to this point? I really believe God is calling to us all. He's asking us, where are you? Where are you at? I believe God is always closer than we realize. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you ever had that feeling that God is somewhere distant? Somehow he's either left you or you've just walked so far that he can't find you. I'm here to tell you that God is closer than you think. And he's just simply asking, where are you? He's got a call for your life. He's calling you to himself. He's calling you to a greater purpose. This is what God's calling is. In the church world, we say, you know, what has God called you to? Well, there's two things I really believe that you have to know about a calling in life. One, God has first called you to himself. Before anything else, any other objective or mission in this world, he's first called you to himself. But secondly, he's called you then to his purposes. It's not always a job, it's not always a location, but I am convinced that this, God is more concerned about my holiness than my happiness. You've probably heard that said. It's true. And he's more concerned about your character than your comfort. Ultimately, God's plan for your life is to make you more like Jesus so that others might know who Jesus is. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans that I have for you, the plans to make you like my son, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I was created by God and for God. and My life matters. The resource I think you would find interesting is this book called The Purpose Driven Life. It really helps you walk that out. The third question, does my life matter? Soundtrack is more than fine. The song says, are you bent on getting by? I said earlier that our life was meant for so much more, but so many of us are caught up in today's traps of just getting by. If I can, whether it's your grades, I just want to get through college. I just want to do this. If I can just get by my job, if I can just make it to retirement, Our culture soundtrack can be confusing because at times it seems that the soundtrack says you don't matter. The only people that matter, they're on the cover of magazines. They're they're the pop stars and the movie stars. I think this is why Facebook and Twitter are so powerful, right? Because it gives you a chance to feel like you matter. Friends and followers, social media helps us to feel like we matter. But I think some of that feeds into the second lie that our culture tells us. I'm all that matters. It's all about me. And I think the truth is, we all want our life to matter. We want to make a difference. We want to know that there's a reason. But here's a truth that I heard recently. No one can make you feel you matter if you don't believe it. So why do I matter? Kill the music for a second. I want you to listen to this scripture. Psalm 139, powerful scripture. Why do I matter? 
let's examine what the scripture says. Close your eyes with me real quick and just listen. Actually, I'm going to keep my eyes open. I can read better that way. You close your eyes and I'll read and you listen. Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in before, behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be uh, Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days adorned for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How precious is your soundtrack to me, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Your life matters. It matters to God because he created you. It matters in this world because you have a purpose in this world. Let me recommend this resource for you, The Search for Significance. It's a book by Robert McGee. Very helpful in in walking out who you are, where you're going, and why you matter. Last song, last question. Where do I go from here? Where do I go from here? Soundtrack, I dare you to move. What's your next step? Weeks ago in our Hebrews series, we talked about faith is taking one more step. It's taking one more step. You know, the soundtrack resource I have for you is called this. It's the inspiration to our series, The Soundtrack of Your Life, by a friend of mine named Phil Zarns. You can look it up on Amazon, The Soundtrack of Your Life. One of the cultural soundtracks is that you have to have it all figured out. And there's this normal, there's this what life is supposed to be. And you, you, you should be happy and have enough and live in peace and be left alone. And just some of these soundtracks that are out there. I think our expectations of life have been a little bit warped. Do you know we, we really expect our young people to have it all figured out. We look at 16, 17 year olds through 22 year olds and expect them to have it all figured out. Now I, I can see, I see what young people do. They do incredible things. And I think they actually have life a little more figured out sometimes than we adults. But we, we realize the brain hasn't even finished forming when you're 22. How many of you adults have, have it all figured out? Yeah, if, if you raise your hand, let's talk. And I think it's okay to not have it all figured out. Because I think some people think they figured out to get to the end of their life and only realize that they were wrong the whole time. The reality is life is a journey. Now the expectation is that I figure it all out right away. 
But can I tell you, life is a journey. And sometimes there are unexpected things that come up in your journey. And can I tell you, when that happens, the soundtrack you need to listen to is God's and say, you know what? I'm right where I need to be. You're right where you need to be. Whatever is going on, realize that God isn't surprised. He's not going, oh dear, I didn't expect that. Could it be that you're right where God wants you, where he could use you? I think the expectation is that life, there's a normal life. That there is how life is supposed to be. But the reality is there is no supposed to be like. Have you ever said that to yourself? This isn't what life was supposed to be like. We have this expectation of what life is supposed to be like. And that's what we hold as a standard. But life is not like that. You lose jobs. You lose loved ones. Things take a turn in your health. Life is not supposed to be like that. I get it, but it is. The expectation is I can have it all, and I think you can. But let's define what all is, and then let's talk about the cost to get there. Do you want to follow the soundtrack of our culture that says you can have it all? You can, you can have all the money, all the wealth, power, fame, pleasure, everything, but there's no cost? You all know that's a lie. And yet we still chase it. We still go after it. Can I encourage you that I believe you already have all that you need? All that you were ever destined for, you already have in Christ. A powerful soundtrack in my life is 2 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3, where Peter writes, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, he's given us every, his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Having escaped the corruption caused by wrong soundtracks. He's given us everything we need. We already have what we need to walk a godly life, to walk towards Christ. He's given us his very power, the divine nature. You don't have to live by the natural your instincts, but you can live live supernaturally through the Spirit of Christ living within you. So when I wrote this down, where do I go next? I dare you to move. I was thinking about the life that we live. When we just want to get by, and I'm challenging you, the thing I I, I said to myself over and over in my life, and it was in our band room, we we were a competition marching band in high school. We had a big poster that said, go big or go home. Live like that. Go big. What do you have to risk in the life that you live, in the life of faith? Because someone once wrote, I don't even know because it's just in my head. I don't remember who wrote it. Life is a daring adventure or nothing at all. We need to live beyond surviving. I know it's a popular TV show, Survivor. But how many of you, even as Christians, live just to survive? You're just trying to get by, just day by day. And I'm telling you, that's not how you're meant to live. Romans 8 says this, starting in verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Skipping to verse 37. 
No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We're not survivors. We're not meant to be survivors. We're already more than conquerors. I'm not even sure what more than a conqueror is. Because the conqueror is the guy who stands at the top of the hill. So if you're more than that, that's pretty awesome. Red Bull will give you wings, right? And then he goes on, the writer says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You're not only more than a conqueror, but you're loved beyond what you'll ever be able to comprehend. Now live like that. Make decisions according to that. That means by faith, just one more step. Be more than a conqueror. Go big. Live out that dream. What's preventing you from living that out? It doesn't matter if you're 8 or 80 in this room. There's a dream in your heart. Why aren't you chasing it? Perhaps that is what God has put in your heart. So many people, I know when I was young, I heard, this, I heard people say, well, you need to do God's will, not what you desire. As if they are mutually exclusive. Could it be that perhaps the very things you desire in your heart when compared to what God wants might be exactly the same thing? Your motives are important, for sure. But is it possible that that the very thing you're passionate about could be used by God for His glory and for His great purposes? I want the band to come as we close. So I dare you to move. I heard a speaker say this week as I was studying, God doesn't steer parked cars. Well, God, I don't know which direction to go. My students could probably tell you what my answer is. Just make a decision. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, as the scripture says in Matthew, when you seek first the kingdom, it's very hard to go astray. I think we oftentimes see God's will as this tightrope to be walked, right? Like that dude over the Grand Canyon. You ever watch? Man, my palms got sweaty watching that dude. We think God's will is this tightrope. And I think God's will is a big, massive highway with huge embankments. And when you get on because you're seeking the will of God, you're seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it's really hard to get off. Those embankments are really tough to go over. And you only get over them because you're determined to disobey. You're determined not to do what God wants. And I'm saying whatever it is, you ever been in, your, in, in, in a situation where you have two great decisions in front of you? And you're like, I don't know which one. Which one is God will, God's will? What if it's both of them? And you just have to choose. And God's just sitting up there going, I put two great things in front of him. Which one are they going to choose? And I think God's will is greater than the location or the career. I think when your heart's set on pleasing God and revealing him in all that you do, rarely is there a wrong decision. I dare you to move this week. I dare you to live for something greater. Whose soundtrack are you listening to? Whose soundtrack are you listening to? Because you got to go beyond survival. Purpose-driven life. This is one quote I got from Rick Warren. God did not need to create you, but he chose to create you for his own enjoyment. You exist for his benefit, his glory, his purpose, and his delight. He smiles over you. He's pleased with you. Now walk in that. God is not some cosmic killjoy just waiting for you to screw up. That brings him no pleasure at all. It's not even what he's like. That doesn't even match up with what scripture says his character is like. But I know one thing, and this is how I live my life. And I hope you live it yours. 
Matthew chapter 25, you can read that later. But there's a, a, a phrase in there that Jesus will say to those who are his on that great day that we stand before him. And to those who sought out to do his kingdom work, in all that they do, they'll stand there and go, I didn't even know I was doing it for you, Jesus. And he'll say, it's okay. When you did it to the least of people, to live out the great commission and the great commandment, to love God and love people, to chase Jesus and chase the lost, when you did that and everything that you did, you did it to me. And then he'll say to them, and this is the soundtrack that rings in my brain, he says these words, and this is all I want to hear at the end of my life, is Jesus say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. That's it. That's all I need. I just need Jesus to say, well done. Just need Jesus to say, well done. Stand with me this morning. Thank you for the extra time. I hope you were thoroughly uh, entertained. And now I trust that the heart of God through his scripture will move you beyond entertainment to walking it out in your faith this morning. Our God is good. Of that I am confident. So whatever you face this morning, whatever challenge, whatever decision, whatever confusion, whatever frustration, I mean, we could go on the list. If we, if we had time, we could talk to every person in this room about what tragedy, what circumstance they are facing this morning. And I just want you to walk knowing that God is good, that he has a plan for your life. And you haven't walked away so far that he can't reach you. Can I pray a blessing over you this morning? Would you receive it? Would you simply just open your hands this morning by faith? Like actually do it? There you go. You don't have to believe it if you don't want to. I'm not forcing it on you. But if you want to believe that when we speak blessings, you can receive them from the Lord. My Father, you alone are faithful. Your love endures forever. You are a good God and every perfect gift comes from you. Would you now bestow on those who walk by faith your blessings? May everything that they put their hand to do bring you glory. May it cause your kingdom to expand. Lord, we trust that your word, what your word says, that you work out in all things for our good and for your glory. Would you bless your people now? Would you cause your light to shine upon them? Would you hem them in before and behind? Walk beside them, be above them as their protection, be underneath them to lift them up. For those who feel far from you this morning, may they simply speak the words, Lord, I believe in you and I trust you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church, love you. Walk this week. I dare you. I dare you to move. We'll see you next week.